0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. The words that I'm sharing today uh, come from the book of John, chapter 14, uh, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, and I've got some, um, uh, some prayers we're going to be going through together. Uh, but it's so beautiful how uh, our study lines up in, in line with where we are as a nation, as a world. And uh, the words that Jesus shared with his disciples then are are just as true uh, for us today. And so um, we want to encourage you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 14. I'm going to be jumping around, uh, looking at the the last big conversation that Jesus had with his disciples uh, before he was arrested and went to the cross in our place. Uh, where he suffered and died for us, gave up his life as a sacrifice uh, to pay for our sins, and uh, in exchange, offer us forgiveness. The beautiful thing about our Savior and Lord, uh, our God who became man, is that he did not stay dead. He went to the cross in our place. He gave up his life for us, and um, taking on our sin upon himself, uh, the scriptures tell us, he who never sinned became our sin giving up his life in exchange for ours, uh, to offer us forgiveness and salvation to any who would believe in him and, uh, uh, trust him as savior and Lord. And so we are looking at the words of Jesus, uh, the night before he was arrested or the night he is arrested and, uh, how it can be an encouragement for us today. So I think we've given a good amount of time for people to dial in and, um, so we're going we're gonna to do this. All right. Father God, I pray that you would give me the words you want me to share this morning. I pray that um, above all, your Holy Spirit would be speaking to us as individuals and um, that we would hear from you. Uh, speak to us now through your word. Help us to uh, be transformed by it. In your name we pray. Amen. John chapter 14 tells us... Um, uh, again, Jesus is speaking with his his close-knit uh, disciples, uh, those closest to him. He's preparing them with some words of encouragement. At the same time, he's giving them truth. You know, we live in a broken world. They lived in a broken world. Uh, he was about to leave them. He had been spending uh, the last three years of life with them. They've been walking day in and day out, uh, going through life together. And now he's telling them that he's about to leave them. But he's giving them words of encouragement to know that he's not leaving them as orphans. He's not abandoning them. And instead, as he goes to the Father, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to come and to be with us, to lead us and guide us. And that Jesus himself would be with us still, uh, but we would have the Holy Spirit coming to be with us, to be in us, and to lead us to do the things he's called us to do. And so I just want to give you some words of encouragement. The first thing I'm going to point out is some of the things that Jesus commands of us, that he demands of us as the church, as as his children, those of us who believe in him, who have come to trust in him. These words are for us to follow. The second thing we're going to see is that it's impossible for us to do the things he's asking us to do unless he's doing it through us. And he's not leaving us, but he's going to prepare a place for us. And to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, so that he can be in us. So that we can do the things he's called us to do by him doing it through us. And then we're going to see that uh, even in spite of our world circumstances, um, the world back then, Jesus said, as they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. There were many who did not like the things that Jesus had to say. And he said, you know, as they as as I suffered, you too will suffer. But but don't worry, I have overcome the world. And none of this is surprising. Coronavirus is not surprising. God's not up there going, oh man, what do we do about this now? Uh, he knew this day would be here even before the foundation of the world. And he knew that we'd be here as his church. We are the instrument in his hands through which he wants to extend his love and his care to this world especially during times like this. Jesus' words in John 14 start off with him saying, let not your hearts be troubled. And that's the first word of encouragement for us, is let us not allow the uncertainty and the unknown to give us fear, to cause us anxiety, but to know that this is not a surprise to our God. This is not a surprise to him, and he has a plan. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God believe also in me. He then says in verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. When Jesus came, he did a lot of miracles and he did a lot of works and they were for one purpose, not to amaze people, not to make people go, wow, that guy is the best magician I've ever seen. The works that Jesus did were signs. Signs are created for one reason, to point people in the right direction. The book of John calls all of Jesus's miracles signs. And these signs would point us to know who our God in heaven truly is, what the kingdom of heaven is truly about, and how Jesus has come to help us experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so he said, believe in the works, the signs I've done. And all of these things have been done to lead you and to lead me to the Father." to lead us to his love, to lead us to his forgiveness, to lead us to his peace. During times of anxiety, during times of fear, he is with us and he has done works back then and he is doing works. Some of you, God is doing works in your lives even now. Some of you have friends that have, have been healed. Some of you guys have had prayers answered and you didn't know where the answers came from. God is a God at work even now. Let us believe in him. And believe in the works that point us to our Father in heaven. That point us to the need for salvation. He then gives us these other commands. Um, let me just read these for you. Uh, again, through the various chapters in John. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Uh, he then says in um, chapter 15, verse 27. Bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning, he's telling the disciples, even though the times may be scary, continue to teach others the things I've taught you. Go and tell others about the encouragement you've found in me. Bear witness about me. This command is not only for the disciples then, but in John chapter 17, Jesus will pray to his father saying, God, I thank you for the ones you've given me. And I also thank you for the ones that will believe in me because of their word. Let us continue to bear witness. And John chapter 16 and verse 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That is a repeat of what Jesus said in John 14. He said this. Truly, truly, I say to you that whoever believes in me will do the works of That I do. What are the works that Jesus did? Jesus, every work he did was to bring glory to the Father. Every work he did was to point us to the need of a Savior. In the same way, those kinds of works are the works that you and I are to be doing, especially during this time uh, that we're going through. For us to be out there caring for the needy, for us to be out there sharing our toilet paper, uh, some of you have hit the stores before others couldn't. This is a time when we can look at those who are in need and give of what we have. We've been blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. Jesus said, do the works that I've done. Uh, in John chapter 13, earlier this night, what did he do? He got down like a servant on his hands and knees. He washed the disciples' dirty, stinky feet. There are practical ways that we are to love one another. How can you be loving on your neighbors right now? How can you be loving on your coworkers who are in fear right now of the unknown? How can you be loving on the schools that have shut down? You know, um, one of the great things I saw is that Prince William County is giving free food, three meals a day. Uh, A lot of children, they go to school, they get free uh, meals there. And now the schools are shut down uh, immediately because of the heart that many of us in our church have. Many of you wrote me and said, is it true? What are we going to do about these children that depend on those meals? Well, Prince William County has stepped up. They're given free meals to, to anyone uh, who has need. And, and it may be a way for us to be able to call up the school and say, hey, how are these meals being given out? Do you need volunteers? Can we come? Uh, and, and, and help pass out those meals, help deliver those meals, whatever the case may be, let us be the first to say, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do. And so this is our time to shine. This is our time to bless our neighbors, to go out and to pass out rolls of toilet paper. Actually, as people were showing up to my house this morning, we have a small group here. I I went through my house, and unfortunately, I've got three rolls of toilet paper. But my hope was everybody that came this morning was leaving with a roll of toilet paper. Anyway, find a practical way that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. He goes on to say, not only will you do the things that I've done, but greater works will you do. That's mind-blowing to think that Jesus is sitting here telling the disciples who just saw him raise Lazarus from the dead who just saw him turn water into wine, who saw him heal the blind and and cause the lame to walk. And Jesus is saying, greater works will you do, because I am going to the Father. What is this supposed to mean for us? Well, here's what I know it means, that the impact that our voice has is greater now than ever. Jesus and the disciples didn't have Facebook Live. Uh, they shared with their friends and neighbors. They met in each other's homes. They loved on each other. But our voice has greater impact even now. And, and the number of people we can reach by telephone, by email, uh, by telegram, uh, whatever way or means, we have a, a way of being a greater impact now. We are Jesus' plan A for the salvation of the world. He came to save. We are the instrument through which his love and the message of his salvation flows let us continue to do those great things reading great reaching greater numbers of people for his name seeing the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven greater works than these will you do you know does that mean that some of us will have the ability to see miracles and and, and to see healings yes i am one that believes that the fullness of scripture is still happening today I have seen you pray for friends and and they have been healed. I have seen you pray for provision and God has met needs. I have seen you uh, take steps of faith when when provision or obstacles seem to be in the way and how we were going to do this seemed unsure. and, And we've seen God do things. There will be some of us who God will allow to be used in miraculous ways. It doesn't mean that If you're not performing miracles, you're not obeying Scripture. Not everyone will have the same gifts. Not everyone will be able to perform the same miracles. But in Jesus' name, together, we can do greater things. That's why the church exists, for us to see His work reach greater numbers of people by doing things empowered by His Spirit. He says, I am leaving because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, Now, that doesn't mean that we can just say, God, uh, I need a new car and expect there to be a new car in the driveway. What it does mean is that when we pray according to his name, according to his will, why did he come? To glorify the Father. He came to bear witness about the kingdom. And when we pray and ask God to give us the ability to be his witnesses, to proclaim his name, to see lost be found, He will be there and He will answer those prayers. And so are we praying those kinds of prayers? We're going to pray some in a minute. These kinds of prayers that God will open up the hearts and minds of the people around us, even during this time of stress. And so we're given those commands to to obey Him, to follow Him. Um, Let me read you a couple more. Truly, um, uh, if you love me, keep my commands Whoever has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me. If anyone loves me, keep my word. Those are three different verses from three different passages uh, in in John 14. I think it, it it should weigh pretty heavy on us. In John 15, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So we need to obey his commands. We need to obey his words. We need to serve like he served, love like he's loved. And we have to do it by abiding in him. He also said, as the father loved me, so I have loved you. So abide in that love. Are we loving our neighbors? Are we walking around letting love be which that which leads us instead of fear? He goes, he says, if you keep my commands, you, you will abide in my love. So let us continue to walk as he walked. And his love will fill us to overflowing. Just as I have kept my father's commands, abide in my love. He also said this, John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. In verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I've commanded you. Verse 17, these things I've commanded you so that you will love one another. Is the message coming through? Is it clear? These are the last words of Jesus to his disciples before he left earth. He said, I do not pray for only them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. As we share love with one another, others will come to know our Father. And this is the time that they know, need to know him. Uh, they're living in fear and Jesus came to set us free from that fear. So let me transition now. Those are the things that we need to do. And again, how do we do them? Let me just quickly read these verses from Jesus' words, words of encouragement. I'm leaving you, and I have a lot for you to do, but you don't have to do it alone. And you can't do it alone. So he said these words. I will. This is from John 14, verse 16, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because they do not know him. They neither see him nor know him. But you know him. Those of you who have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he has put inside of us the Holy Spirit. The scripture says the same Holy Spirit, the same power that came from the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, is now in us. Are we tapping into that power? Do we believe in that power? Are we, are we ignoring it? You know him. For he dwells in you, and he will be with you. It says in verse 20, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Jesus isn't off in some distant place, uh, winding up the universe, and going on about his business. He is in us, and he is with us. And he who loves me will be loved my, by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself in him jesus is in us he wants his love to flow through us but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said the holy spirit is to be here to teach us and to lead us verse 27 my peace i leave with you do you have peace during this time are you unsure are you shaken in your boots or do you have the peace that passes understanding my peace i leave with you my peace i give you not as the world gives let not your hearts be troubled let them not be afraid he goes on to say the only way that we can continue to do these things is if we are connected to him he is the vine we are the branches whoever abides in him uh, in in him and he in us he it is that will bear much fruit for apart from him We can do nothing. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Verse 26 of 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He has given us us the Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says the Holy Spirit will come and you will receive power. Power for what? Power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. He has come to be the power in us so that we can be the witnesses he needs us to be during this time. Nevertheless, uh, chapter 16, verse 6, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer. He also goes on to say when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is in us to lead us, to empower us, to be his witnesses, especially during this time. We need to lean on him. And so church is not canceled because I'm the church. You're the church. We together are the church. The mission is clear. We are to love as Jesus loved, care as Jesus cared, do as Jesus did. And his Holy Spirit is here to enable us to do the things that he has called us to do. As I close our time in the word, I want to just give you these last thoughts from Jesus. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus knew this day would be here. But take heart i have overcome the world jesus overcame even this and he now lives in us and lives through us his words from john chapter 17 the longest prayer of jesus recorded say this jesus saying these words i am praying for them the disciples i'm not praying for the world but for those you have given me. Right now, he, he does pray for the world, but right now, Jesus' words are him praying for you and I as his disciples. He's praying for the disciples he was leaving behind. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you, Father. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, what they, that they may be one, even as we are one while I was with them I kept them in your name which you have given me I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except for the son of destruction Judas that the scripture might be fulfilled but now I am coming to you and these are the things I speak in the world that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves I have given them your word And the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So sanctify them. Set them apart in your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I now send them. We are to be grounded in this word. We need to know that we are the ambassadors and the ones that Jesus has sent. He said, as the Father sent me, I'm now sending you. We need to take that message literally, that we are being sent. I do not ask only for these disciples, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus is with us through this time. He is leading us, and we have some practical things that we need to do. And so I want to give you some historical examples of what has happened during—this is not new. Coronaviruses have been around before, and worse— and Jesus has allowed and embodied and empowered the church to be the church. Let me give you just a couple examples of what has happened in history for us to learn from. This is from an article called Christianity Has Been Handling Epidemics for 2,000 Years, written by Lyman Stone. I'll put a link about this on the Facebook page, and you can go read the full article. It's really powerful. Anyway, she goes, uh, he or she, I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, uh, but the writer writes this. While, while, all, while people of all faiths uh, and those with no faith are facing this disease, the distinctive approach to epidemics that Christians have adopted over time is worth dusting off. The Christian response to plagues begins with some of Jesus' most famous teachings. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Greater love has no one than this, that he should lay down his life for his friends. Put plainly, the Christian ethic in a time of plague considers that our own life must always be regarded as less important than the lives of our neighbors. That's powerful if you think about it, but it boils down to the greatest commandment to love God as ourselves and love to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind and love our neighbor as ourself. Three quick examples of how this uh, was fulfilled through the church in history. During the plague periods in the Roman Empire, Christians made a name for themselves. Historians have suggested that the terrible Antoine Plague of the 2nd century, which might have killed off a quarter of the Roman Empire, led to the spread of Christianity. As Christians cared for the sick and offered a spiritual model whereby plagues were not the work of an angry and capricious God, but the product of a broken creation and revolt against a loving father. Number two, the more famous epidemic is the plague of uh, Cyprian named for the bishop who gave a colorful account of this disease in many of his sermons. Uh, Probably a disease related to Ebola, the plague of Cyprian helped set off the crisis of the 3rd century in the Roman world. But it did something else, too. It triggered the explosive growth of Christianity. Cyprian's sermons told Christians not to grieve for the plague's victims those who had died and were now in heaven, but to redouble our efforts to care for those who were living. uh, His fellow bishop, Dionysus, described how Christians, heedless of danger, took charge of the sick and attended to their every need. The third example. Uh, Nor was it Christians who noted uh, this reaction of Christians to the plague. A century later, the actively pagan emperor Julian would complain bitterly of how the Galileans would care for even non-Christian sick people. While the church historian uh, Pontius recounts how Christians ensured that good was done to all men, not merely the household of faith. Faith. The sociologist and religious uh, uh, demographic—big uh, word that I'm having a hard time pronounce. The guy who does demographics, Rodney Starr, claims that death uh, death rates in cities uh, with Christian communities were half as seen in other cities. This habit of sacrificial care has reappeared throughout history. In nineteen, 19- in fifteen twenty seven. When the bubonic plague hit Wittenberg, Martin Luther refused calls to flee the city and protect himself. Rather, he stayed and ministered to the sick. The refusal to flee even cost his daughter Elizabeth her life. But here's what it produced. Where Luther provides a clear articulation of the Christian epidemic response He said these words, We die at our posts. Christian doctors cannot abandon their hospitals. Christian governors cannot flee their districts. Christian pastors cannot abandon their congregations. The plague does not dissolve us of our duties. Instead, it should turn us all to turning them to the cross on which we must depend and be prepared to die. For Christians, It is better that we should die serving our neighbors than die surrounded in a pile of masks we never got to to use. Huge quote. So how can we care for each other? Uh, How can we share with one another? Sharing masks, uh, sharing hand soap, sharing canned foods, and even sharing our toilet paper. If we are our, our brother's keeper, we might actually reduce the death toll to. some words to consider, some words to live by. this is not a chance for us to cancel church because we are the church. our mission still continues. the agenda that God set and established for us is still here. now how can we meet it during this time? So over the next uh, few minutes, we're going to spend some time in prayer with one another. I know our services are typically about an hour, but guess what today there's no teardown. So we're going to go a little bit longer spending time praying with one another, encouraging one another, and I'm going to lead us through this time of prayer. So I want you to just hear these words, first of all, from me. Over the past several months, I have been praying for God to show us how we as the church cannot fall into the rut of just checking a box and going to a church service on a Sunday. Well, guess what? we can't do that now. And so it's, it's, it's time to get real, to figure out how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in real practical ways, and not just going to a worship service. Uh, Worship service don't make you or I Christians. We are Christians because of who we believe in, and we are Christians by our deed and our action. And so my prayer has been for God to show us how we can, um, be like this. I want to read this letter to you real quick that, that I wrote to, actually Brandy wrote this, capturing our heart and words. For months, we've been praying along with the leadership team of our church, begging and asking God to show us what we need to do to teach our church family, how to take our faith seriously, in order to grab onto the idea that being a part of a church family is of utmost priority, that worshiping together as a family is what we are called to do. Ironically enough. As we've been studying and watching online sermons and trying to figure out and do research why people are, 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 are rather pulling away instead of coming together, uh, we found some interesting things. We studied and we talked to other pastors. We prayed and it became clear to us that people are so busy. There are so many things fighting for our attention. And, and many of you have a hard time giving even a couple of hours on a Sunday morning to help set up and tear down or serving. And maybe we wondered if our ask was too hard. Even last week when we went to a conference in Orlando with 5,000 other pastors, um, we went to every possible breakout session so that we could find out what we could do to help get our church to take seriously what it means to be a part of a church family, to invite friends to come and be a part of this so that the kingdom of God would grow and that Hope Hill Church would grow and further the impact we can make on our community and our world. And then Friday comes the announcement that we can no longer meet on Sunday mornings at Hilton. Wow. This didn't surprise God. While it's a surprise to many of us, God knew this was coming. And I believe in many ways that this is God's answer to our prayers, that we wouldn't depend on gatherings to be the church, but that we would use times and circumstances where we are forced to think of how we can be the church in everyday life, how we are called to be the Christians he's called us to be. And I believe that God has given us this time and season to see our church take seriously our faith and to put it into practice in the everyday So I'm asking you, the church, and not just Hope Hill Church, but the church as a whole, to begin to pray with me and with one another and to seek the Lord for revival like no other. Throughout history, revivals have come and have been birthed through prayer, the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the church. We need a deeper focus on our Savior. We need to see the power of God move more mightily among us and through us, and so now, I want to lead us in starting in that direction and having a time of gathered prayer together. So first of all, Second Chronicles says, And my people who are called by my name, when they humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so right now where you sit, I want you to, uh, whether there's someone sitting three or six feet, from you, uh, whether they're, you're in an empty room, I want you to realize that God hears your heart and mind right now. I want you to just to bow your head and close your eyes and to come before our Savior, our Lord, our Father, our King, and just worship Him from your heart right now. Call out to Him and praise Him in this moment. In the stillness and the quietness, lift up the voice of your heart to Him and worship Him right now. Lift him up. In this moment, I want you to think about where you are with God. He is holy. He is high and lifted up. He is awesome. And He calls us to Himself. The scriptures say that our sin and our lives separate us from Him. It it creates a barrier. Is there an area in your life where you're not in alignment with Him right now? Between you and Him, just lift that up to Him. Confess that to Him right now. Lord Jesus, show me the areas of my life where I'm not where you want me to be, where I'm not living the way you want me to live. Forgive me. Take this moment and confess to him right now. As we continue to pray, ask God to show you how he, can, how he wants to use you and your physical body as a living and holy sacrifice. Pray that he would help you to fix your attention on him each moment of each day. Ask him to give you wisdom and guidance and strength for how he wants to use you and your spiritual gifts through this season. Ask him that now. Ask God right now to take any stress, any fear, or an anxiety that is in you to turn it to peace. Ask God to search your heart's motives and your attitudes, and ask him to give you an attitude of Jesus, of a servant, being willing to bless others. And to live a life pleasing to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a heart of generosity and a heart of hospitality for those that God has put around us. Ask God to give us a boldness and a courage that we would be willing to share our faith with those that God has put around us that that do not know him or his love yet. now turn our prayers to our families I want to encourage you over these next few prayers uh, let us pray out loud maybe if you're in a room with a few people maybe you'll turn to a neighbor uh, and and take turns praying uh, with and for one another Um, so go ahead and partner up and, and, and in small groups pray these prayers aloud first of all let's pray that God would help us as Christian families to be his witnesses during this time. Go ahead, lift up your voices and pray with one another. Let's pray that God would strengthen marriages during this time, specifically right now. Pray for your marriage, the marriages of, of our neighbors, our co-workers, our church family. Let's pray that God would strengthen the family and more importantly, our marriages. Pray now that Christian households would be known as houses of prayer. That Christian families would serve as role models in our society. Let's pray for our children. We're going to have a lot of extra time with them over the next month. Let's pray that God would reveal himself to them through this time in some powerful ways. Let's pray that in our homes we would create time and space around this special gift of time that we have with one another to lead one another to Jesus. Let's pray for our children and that we would be examples to them and that they would see God. There are there are some among us who, uh, who are married, but uh, one of the spouses is a believer and one is not. Let's pray for those um, those spouses who are not yet Christian believers. Let's pray that even through this time, that God would use us and the circumstance and the situation, and use us as a church to help lead those spouses who do not yet know God to Him. In our families, we have uh, the littlest of ones and babies and infants, but we also have grandparents and great grandparents, and we know that young children and older adults are those who are at highest risk right now. Let's pray for uh, those who are older among us right now. Let's pray for our grandparents, our great grandparents, the elderly, that God would uh, let us learn from them and the wisdom they have, but that Also, God would protect them during the season. Let us now begin to pray for the church. This is our finest hour. This is the time that we as the church worldwide can shine for our Savior. Let's pray that God helps us to be united and embrace the mission that he has given us. Let's pray that the church would return to our her first love and acknowledge Christ as the head of our church. Let's pray that the church would, Remove every barrier that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. That we would be filled like like no other time. And given the power that we need to be the witnesses, he's calling us to be at this time. Let's pray that the church would have a renewed passion for the lost and that God would give us creative ideas and how we as the church can be used to reach those who do not know him during this season. Let's pray for our church leadership, that the men and women who lead the various churches around the world, that we would be seeking God for his leading, for his wisdom and the decisions we should be making during the season. Pray for our neighborhoods and our community. Let's pray right now that the Holy Spirit would draw our neighbors to himself. That they would begin to seek God and not be paralyzed by fear and uncertainty. Let's pray for those who, for various reasons, may be losing income due to certain things being shut down the the sports venues the uh the different things that are being taken by certain businesses the uh, I was just talking with um, uh, a friend, and their business is gonna suffer quite a bit because as people are withdrawing um, income is going away and being able to pay staff and keep doors open. Uh, It's a real struggle. Let's pray that God would provide blessing and provision through this time. Let's pray for our government. Let's pray that the hearts of our leaders would truly be turned to God. Father God, I pray right now for all the leaders, governing authorities that you have put in place, many of which do not know you. I pray that their hearts would be turned to you. I pray that those of us who have influence would be able to use that in your name. God, I pray that our leaders would make good decisions. During this season, during this time, I pray that the leaders of our nation, the leaders of our community, the leaders of our churches, the leaders of our 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 schools would have wisdom and would seek you. That your Holy Spirit would draw hearts to yourself, God. I pray for the church that we would be the people you've called us to be. And we can't do it apart from you. We have to be connected and empowered by your Holy Spirit. And let us during this time not to uh, set aside our responsibilities, but to embrace them, to take hold of them, and to do all that you've led us to do, to love our neighbor, to care for them. Continue to help us to seek you for guidance and making the right decisions about when to gather and when to not and what those gatherings should look like. I pray for those who are sick. We pray that uh, the numbers of illnesses would drop. We pray for a healing over our land. We pray for those who are sick, that they would get better quickly. We pray that the spread of this illness would be diminished, that, that it would be eradicated, God, above all, we pray that you would help us to be the people you've called us to be during this time, regardless of what happens, that we would be be vessels of hope and peace and love and compassion and care. Show us how we can be your servants during this time. Thank you that you love us and that you're with us and that we are still your church and we are still your plan to help bring love and compassion and salvation to this world. In your name we pray. Amen. So thank you for dialing in. Thank you for gathering with us and worshiping with us for this special online gathering as a church. We will continue to update you as we know more uh, of how we will be gathering, of what gatherings will look like, of what uh, will take place. At the very least, we will do an online service each Sunday, um, but we will update you and keep you aware of everything. Uh, thank you again for for continuing to support the efforts of Hope Hill Church. Uh, thank you for the way that you give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. I do want to encourage you, those of you who will give online, to continue to do that. And for those of you who want to give towards the ministries, not only of the church, but uh, of the things that we're involved in and a part of those work works are still going on. Uh, the ministry of the kingdom of heaven is still continuing. So thank you for the way that you are giving of your, your resources to help these things continue. Um, I want to say thank you for being a part of this service today. And I look forward to uh, hearing from you. Uh, send me a message. If God laid things on your heart, let me know. Uh, if, if if God is revealing to you some ways that we as a church can be used creatively to to be a blessing during the season, let's share those with one another. Share them with the small groups that you're a part of. Hey, have lunch now. I've kept you to lunchtime. Have lunch with one another and uh, let's be the church. Let's be a family. Let's make a difference in this world. I love you and I look forward to hearing the great things that God is going to do in us through this time. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Be blessed so you can be a blessing. See you, Hopeville Church, next week.